It's time to create better. Create better family, health, business, and self. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, better health, better business, and better self. My guest today is a dear friend of mine who I've known for, I'm going to say a dozen years, I think a dozen years. And she is an incredible, beautiful human. Like if you had the opportunity to meet her, she will just make you smile immediately. If if you're watching, because this is also on video, just looking at her beautiful face just makes you explode in a smile. And after 25 years of of being an entrepreneur in the toy industry and over a decade as the play expert on global TV, Kirsten sold her award-winning company, the best toy store in Canada, to bridge her expertise in business leadership and the bottom line benefits of all, for all, all about play, play for all ages, especially in the workplace. What, right? We don't think of work and play at the same time but she has a phenomenal way of sharing how to do exactly that. And through, although some of her call her, uh, some of people call her a playologist, she's actually an international keynote speaker on the power of playfulness to improve innovation, wellness, culture, and team dynamics. So you definitely want to book her for your company, big or small. She will she will just make it incredible. And I want to say welcome, Kirsten, to Create Better. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. And I can't say enough good things about you, Elaine. Well, <laughs> you are incredible. Like, your I've, blood runs with sugar. You are so sweet. <laughs> you are so kind. You are so kind. I, when I think of you, I always remember, and I know that you remember this too, that one of the first time, I think the very first time I ever met you, I had reached out to you, probably me cold calling you because I had just created a children's product called Easy Daisies and and you were someone I just had to meet and you, you owned um, the Village Toy Shop and I called you or, or emailed you and then you returned my call and said, you know what, why don't you come and bring me a sample? And I came to your house, to your basement, and do you remember what else I was carrying in my arm? A baby, yep. <laughs> a, a baby carrier with a baby in it. Yep. yep because we sat I, on the floor and we looked at all your beautiful products and that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And you are incredible. Like this, you're one of those people that I, I think of, you know, this it's sad and scary that in the toy industry, in, in the almost dozen years that I've been doing it, I can count on one hand how many really incredible, sincere, kind, full of integrity people there are. And you are one of those. And I'm so blessed and honored to know you. So thank you. Well, good for you too. For, I mean, you showed some playfulness just doing that cold call, right? When I do workshops for uh, corporate teams around sales and, you know, like part of that playing with rejection 
playing with objections, um, you know, that's, that's playfulness, right? When you go back to like, if a kid was doing this, you know, they, they wouldn't hesitate to sell their lemonade, right? They'd just go and ask anybody. I love it. I love it. That is such a good comparison, right? They don't have that fear because they know that not everybody's going to want lemonade and not everybody's going to want it right now. They might come back tomorrow. They might not have the money for it this moment. Um, they might be allergic. Like we don't know, but they had no, they have no fear to sell the lemonade. I love it. That's a very good analogy. Now you have to share a bit of your story, Kirsten. You have to let our listeners know just like how, how did you get into the toy business and, and get to where you are right now? Yeah, well, I certainly didn't grow up thinking I was going to go into toys or playology. <laughs> like, that's for sure. Uh, I, I actually wanted to do later in high school, like event planning, writing. I was interested in those things, you know, traveled around Europe for eight months by myself, which was very formative, and then kind of took creative writing and special events uh, in college. Uh, but my mom at that time, at that critical time, opened her own toy store uh, on Granville, in Granville Island, a kid's market. If, if you're in the Vancouver area or ever traveled to Vancouver, you've probably been to Granville Island. And it was kind of a mecca for uh, kids' products. And she, she had an amazing talent for doing off-the-charts dollars per square foot, just like turning inventory, finding toys, like the best toys from around the world. And so I managed that store for 10 years with her oh, wow. and learned all the ins and outs. So when it was time for me to fly off, you know, as the baby wow. Robin, leave the nest of uh, working with her and open my own store. Uh, well, first I got trained as a, uh, a coach back in 2000. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go into coaching because my dad is a psychologist. So I, wow. I really had this kind of background in love of psychology and helping people and um, business and coaching kind of blended those things. But at that time, I just couldn't resist opening my own store when I discovered this very European-styled village called Newport Village. So um, I think I was 29 when I opened it. And within, well, immediately we got like national news coverage because we were wearing these white lab coats and we were toyologists writing prescriptions for play. I and, love it. Yeah, you know, it was just kind of, you know, it was about differentiation and being playful and being memorable and so these white lab coats were, were very memorable and we literally would like if people came in, we would not treat them like a big box store where you, you know, you just go in and you buy the latest fad off TV. We, you know, diagnosed the problem, so to speak. We would actually like find out what the needs were, the interests, the, you know, personality, any kind of, um, you know, maybe conditions or, you know, pre you know, preferences of the child. And if they didn't know, then we would go with the generalizations and we would prescribe like specific toys. That is so smart, right? Because not every child's the same. Every child plays differently. They have different interests and same with families. And no wonder you were awarded best toy store in Canada. Hello. Yeah, I and I shopped I saw, there. But they, that they designated, yeah, someone, a, a, a different body <laughs> chose us, uh, uh, you know, just as I was selling the store, actually. Wow. And uh, it, it was definitely one of our favorite toy stores because we lived nearby as well. And and I, I know that your staff also, just an incredible team, and, and they took care of the customer that walked in because 
they wanted to know what our interests were. And, and that's where we got introduced to some of our favorite games like Settlers of Catan and so many other great games. And we just we just love your store so much. Well, it's not your store anymore because you sold it. <laughs> yeah, people came from all over, mostly because of the global TV aspect. Like, Which you also wore your lab coat for. I know. I wore the lab coat <laughs> as the experts on play there. Um, but... After I sold it, like my, you know, part of the legacy is just seeing it carry on and seeing, you know, it still serve the community in new, in new ways. And, uh, you know, the, the staff, you know, like my dearest Debbie is still still there. And, oh, so, I love yeah, Debbie. It's great. Yeah, exactly. It's great that those toyologists are still uh, serving the community and beyond. And, um, yeah, it was a great part of my life. And it was hard to walk away from. And, you know, to, to bring that to, a you know, the playful mindset piece is... You know, I had to ask myself at you know a certain point. You know, after now it had been twenty five years in the toy industry. You know, what's next? Like I've kind of you know you've won Toy Store of the Year. You know, you've been doing you know Lego orders for twenty five years. Um, you know, do you open another store or do you try something completely new? And I kept getting asked to speak. Um, can you speak on play? Can you you know to teachers and preschools and business organizations? Can you speak on? Um, because I was just diving more and more into like, how can play help adults? Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed speaking, you know, probably from the global TV days and uh, I found it fun. And so I thought, you know what, if I don't, if, if not now, when, and mm. just, you know, take a leap. And for me, taking a leap ha- is a part of the playful mindset, like just leaping into new opportunities like kids do. And, uh, and so that's what I did. And I didn't, this time I didn't have a business plan. Like when I opened the toy store, I had a very thorough business plan. This time I was like, oh, figure it out. You know, I'll improvise. I'm going to just go into the world and help, you know, businesses be more playful. And, and at the time I was like, oh, and I'm going to help teachers and students. I'm going to help the, you know, with playful aging. I thought, oh, I'm going to help, you know, anyone, but I have narrowed it more towards Business. Wow. <laughs> and that is how you found it. Integrate play solutions. Yeah. Wow. And so if someone who's listening right now wants to find out more information on how to get you to come and, and speak with them, where would they go? Kirsten? Well, my favorite social media is probably LinkedIn. Like that's where I probably spend my most time. So they're welcome to connect with me there. But I'm also, you know, on Instagram and, you know, have email and, you know, website. Website is kind of basic. <laughs> Perfect. I will have all of this in my show notes. So if you are listening and you're hiking or driving, no worries. Just come to the show notes and you can connect with Kirsten Anderson there. Now I have so many questions I want to ask you. I, I want to ask you, what what is the definition of play, first of all? What would you say if someone said, well, of course we play. I think we play. What is play? Right. What would you say? I think if you asked 100 different people, and which I have um, asked 100 different people, <laughs> what is play, you get 100 different answers. Um, I'm curious, yeah, before I give my answer, I'm curious for you, Elaine, um, this is the curiosity part of playfulness. Um, what's your definition of play? Oh, I love play. Play to me is exploration. It is, it is just having fun and not worrying about mistakes, not worrying about failing because it's part of playing, right? So whether you're making a mud pie or going on a bike adventure, you're playing because you're exploring and trying something different or it could be the same thing but you're going to do something different with it so to me playing is adventure and exploration 
I definitely can relate to those definitions for sure. I love exploration. I love adventure. And what I would add, like a yes ending that, is that play does look very different for different people. And so we don't have to stick to one definition. And um, some theorists, play theorists, fun theorists, um, will say that it, you know, it's recreation, or if you go to the you know, the dictionary, they'll say, oh, it's recreation based or um, people have a lot of judgments about, oh, it's frivolous. It has no um, purpose. Hmm. There is value in purposeless play that we are just doing it for the fun, for the sake of it, because because it's fun to do because we are really enjoying it. Like that is a, a great reason to play. It's like medicine, I think. Right. I think it's like medicine. I think it's healthy for your soul to play. It is so healthy. So healthy. Like it is literally healthy for your brain. Yes. Children don't play. um, There are serious repercussions for like if if in those first five years, um, your the developmental uh, decline uh, long term is very, very serious. And there's been studies of serial killers and what they found in common with those serial killers that Stuart Brown studied them. Uh, he wrote the book called play. Um, <laughs> was the thing in common with them was that they didn't have play or as in early wow. under five. That is frightful. Yikes. It is frightful. And it, and it's a serious reminder of, of its importance to our development, not just humans, but animals as well. You know, animals are, playing and you know mammals are very very playful and it's how they learn and it's how we Mm -hmm. learn it's the best way to learn and if you think about like your most positive experiences and education you know it's probably the playful ones that absolutely oh absolutely like my favorite when i was a school teacher i loved teaching science that was my most favorite topic to teach and pe i love pe as well (laughs) because then i got to play with them um I will just add one more thing about um, the definition, and that is because it's different for everybody. It's if you think about the word flow, like for me, flow and play are very interchangeable. So when are you in flow? And, Mm. you know, you talked about adventure, like going for a bike ride or making a mud pie and you lose track of time. You're totally absorbed. And I bet there's times when you're working, Elaine, and those who are listening, like I bet there's times when you're working where you actually feel like that too and that's what we talk about when you're like playing at work playing at work is not necessarily foosball or basketball or um you know a games night those things are great too and or taking it like a, a work recess where you you go for a walk those are great and important to recharge and for our energy and resilience however when we're in flow that is what increases our productivity and that is a form of play as well Oh, very, very intriguing. Like that flow and play are interchangeable. I love it. Now, are, are, is play something that you would say that actually is something that can help an entrepreneur be more successful? What, what would you say? <laughs> I don't know how an entrepreneur could be successful without play. Whoa. Um, so if you look at some of the most successful entrepreneurs, um, because, well, for, let's start with the basic part of innovation and creativity. There is no innovation or creativity without play because we are playing with ideas. So the Albert Einsteins of the world, the, um, you know, billionaires are getting a pretty bad rap about, you know, like any type of like 
you know, change in how we do processes or change in products or new or new services. They all came with playing with ideas and it might be, you know, collaborative um, idea sharing or it might be a singular person, but they're still playing with possibilities, um, playing with all the different um, ways of doing things differently. And they're not staying in the status quo, always doing things the same way. I, I love it. I um a couple of years ago, I read a book called uh, Pursuit of Happiness, and he, he talks about how it's so important to, for innovation to happen, for you to switch gears and go do something else, which is like, go, go play. Because it is when you exit one chamber of mentality or, or thought and enter into a different one that you are allowing, like, you know how when you're in business or an entrepreneur or just working and then you have a, a mental block and and you could like spend hours days weeks trying to figure it out well he was suggesting go do something else because how many great ideas came from somewhere else and you know and whether it was electricity when you're just sitting under an apple tree and, and yeah. <laughs> or or standing in a shower how many people can oh, relate to that spots for idea generation is in the shower why and the nature yeah so nature shower and your commute are the top three places new ideas are generated right like or going for a jog like you know you start thinking it's like oh like there was a time kirsten when i used to climb the crunch in uh near where we both live and and i would get all these great ideas like just coming up and down and and I'd have to like text it to myself because I will forget, but, but just go and play, go do something different and, and just watch how your brain will activate and you'll come up with great ideas and solutions. Yeah. That is like key, right? Yeah. Pro- problem solving. Like it's not just about products and services and processes, but, um, problem solving, like creative problem solving. And you know, that you brought it up right there, a new experience, a new setting, a new physical movement, all those things help. And so if you feel like you need to justify yourself to your employer for taking that 15 minute break to go for a walk, like just, you know, start citing, (laughs) citing those facts that, you know, you need to clear your head. It's absolutely useful, uh, productive time for, for work. And Google, you know, was, was giving their employees 20% time to work on whatever they wanted, where they could just work on like things that were not part of their responsibilities. And this is how, is it Gmail? Anyways, it's some pretty big innovations came out of that um, originally where, you know, they're still working on Google stuff, but not their stuff on their desk. Very, yes. very like good example. Play. Yeah. It is so important. So do you have suggestions like three, let's go with your top three suggestions for that entrepreneur to incorporate more play into their day or week. What would you say are your top three suggestions on say, okay, if you had a week or a day, try doing this and get those innovative brain juices flowing. (laughs) Well, I think for entrepreneurs that are feeling like they're struggling for time, um, scheduling play breaks, you know, like you were talking about those play breaks, like when you feel like you're stuck, but sometimes we don't realize that we're stuck. We haven't noticed yet that we're, we're in a stuck place. Like we're, we're kind of, you know, it's mid afternoon and our energy levels starting to dip. 
and maybe we're not working over oh, oh, oh here's Facebook oh here's Instagram like okay I need I need to check these things but then oh two hours later you're in a rabbit hole whereas if we took a play break and whatever that play break looks like for you it could be knitting it could be working on a jigsaw puzzle it could be going for a walk it could be um, you know something physical or it could you know it could be anything and so scheduling that into your day where you just say play break, you know, it's like your recess. Like if you remember how much you loved going to <laughs> recess and, you know, you didn't know what you were going to do. It might, you might even want to just put play break with a question mark on it. And so then I'll add to that, add on to that novelty. So when we experience new newness and novelty and new experiences, um, that creates new neural pathways in our brain. And so uh, it's good for your brain. It's good for your work. Um, it's good for your family, you know, like to create these new experiences. So what is something that you've always been wanting to try? It could be like learning a new language. It could be reading a new book. It could be going to a new place, but try to make maybe make a list of like seven new little it could they could be little things right like i'm gonna even taking a new like when we're going to the office if, if you're in an office like taking a new route to work or um like just driving a different way and this is going to sound bizarre but like writing with your opposite hand um obviously not writing an important document like, <laughs> just like maybe like drawing a picture with your opposite hand that can have that same effect on your uh, brain very true yeah so that's a couple of things and and those are really like about integrating so integrating for recharging and resilience um Love it. and for creativity like having those playful moments and then i would also look at like your look at your energy uh in your time of day and maybe make note of it when am i in flow like going back to our earlier conversation when does it my work really feel like i am playing because then you're really starting to hone in on your strengths and when you're at ease with your work and how can you do more of that in your work, hmm. less of the stuff where you're not in flow, like kind of trying to get off your desk or your responsibilities as um, money and time allows the things that you're, that are not, some people will call it your zone of genius, but um, you know, not that we shouldn't try and learn new skills and things, but really, we're going to grow faster as entrepreneurs when we are uh, amplifying our strengths and amplifying the the times when we really play work feels like play. Love it. I love it. So many great points. Schedule a play break. And, you know, and I, as you know, with Easy Daisies, all about scheduling and, and using your time well and wise, right? And, and I, I love that you mentioned that sometimes we don't know we don't even notice when we have a mental block because we're just in it and just it's like this vicious like little hamster running on the same wheel going nowhere but still feel like you're really working hard going nowhere so i love that you said you know if you schedule that break it will automatically make you recharge because bring to that next point of novelty trying something new in your day whether it is that commute or writing with the opposite and right? Like just doing something different because it will just cause your brain cells to explode, which is wonderful because thank God new brain cells are regenerated all the time because I know I've lost so many. <laughs> but, the connection, the, connect, the pathways, right? Yeah. Yes, those neuropathways, that neuroplasticity and mm -hmm. so fascinating. And I loved how you said, 
do the little self-analysis of when you are having that awesome flow in your day. And you said a, a zone of genius and, and to figure out why that happens, when it happens and how to amplify it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, Kirsten, you also do a lot of consulting to incredibly large corporations. And, and I know that my listeners also have, you know, their own teams, whether they're a smaller team, but what is some of your suggestions, like your top two suggestions, let's say for a building team through play? Do you have like two different things that our listeners right now could say, okay, I'm going to try that this week or next week or this weekend. What are two of your favorite suggestions? There's so much to team dynamics, isn't there, right? Like to working a solid with a team. And um, I have a, a four-hour workshop coming up, and we're covering uh, connection, uh, communication, collaboration, and caring, playful leadership. Nice. So it'll be like a four-part series. And each of those things has, you know, we'll, we will be doing it experientially. Like we will be playing a lot of games and then debriefing, you know, like what, what happened in there. One of the principles of um, that we will cover is having each other's back. So just, you know, it's something that I pull from improv. You know, if, you, if people have, you know, witnessed people doing uh, improvisational theater. I love improv. Back is a big part of that, you know, like when you're on stage or you're, you, you support each other. So everyone knowing that, that we're there for each other. Um, so that's something that people can do right away is express that, express that caring for your fellow team members that I'm here for you, no matter what you're going through, like the rough stuff, the good, you know, the bus. And then that kind of leads to psychological safety. So I was recently certified in psychological safety. So, you know, how do we create safe places for um, our team to show up and make mistakes? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not necessarily like celebrating the mistakes, but if we're, if we're not making it safe to share our mistakes, there's dire consequences to that. And my mom and I actually, when we were at Grand Blanche Toy Company, um, we used to have a competition at the end of the day. And we, I, we'd phone each other and say, oh, my goodness, I totally screwed up so bad. And it's like, oh, no, I screwed up even worse. <laughs> and so it was like it made it a safe place to admit our mistakes to each other. And wow, I love that. like Boeing have been in the news and uh, before the court, like testifying about how not having a safe space for the engineers to express um the problems in the assembly line and in the production cost lives. And wow. there's many examples of that where psychological safety um, costs lives. So I would say make make it safe for people and have each other's back are two like kind of foundational things um, to before you start even getting into collaboration and communication. Wow. You have to have that foundation. So Kirsten, would you say like have a, a weekly meeting where or a daily chat about, Hey, I, I messed up or <laughs> I know that's a scary thing to say, right? When, when there's different for different teams, how, how often they meet and, and how they share their, um, their screw ups and, or, you know, like we had a book called, like at the other store, like you wouldn't necessarily see people 
you know, for a few days. So we would just, you know, back back in the day, <laughs> analog, uh, we would actually write <laughs> down our mistakes in handwriting. <laughs> um, and so I think, yeah, like stand up meet 15 minute huddles in, in some situations work, but some people are working remotely. Um, so having those check-ins too with, with people at the beginning of the day, allowing time in your meetings for a personal check-in, especially in this world of remote work right now is so important that we don't just like, quickly get down to business because people don't feel seen and they don't feel heard. Yes. yes so indeed. When we build that relationship of caring within a business. Um, like, yeah, we, of course we have to care for our customers, but if we don't care for our employees and that's been always one of my top values. And I think it's, you know, fairly widespread now. Um, the knowledge, the application, not necessarily, but the knowledge that we have to take care of employees first to have higher quality customer experience. Um, I love it. Growing. I'm optimistic. I love that. And, you know, it's companies like, you know, I I know that Costco has been uh, declared so many times as a, a very family friendly place to work because they they value their employees and their family time and so i i think like you're exactly touching that point that it's so important to have your team feel cared for because then they're just going to perform better and and love being there and when someone loves where they work it, it absolutely absolutely shows to the customer so important you are awesome and there's so many questions I want to ask you and I want to keep this short and sweet. So I'm so excited that I get to have you on again to talk about play, but play in the home and play as an adult, play as a parent, play as a kid, play to a senior. What does that all mean and why is it so important? And, you know, and the topic that keeps circling back is mental health. And I I can't wait to have that conversation, Kirsten, with you. And uh, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Kirsten, you shared so many great strategies and tips that I, I cannot wait to try myself with my own Easy Daisies team. And I know that our listeners are are going to take that back with them, establishing play breaks and and having something new to try every day, that novelty that so that they and their team can find that flow that works for them, but to check in, check in with our teams and see how they are before they work. And, you know, I'm going to talk more about this and I can't wait to, to have you Kirsten, as we chat more, but we're going to end this episode for now. And Kirsten, thank you with all my heart for being amazing. Cliffhanger. But listeners, thank you so much for joining Kirsten and I today. We hope that you have a fantastic day and we will talk to you soon. Bye for now.